Hi, my name is Dan Ariely, and welcome to Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast about science. Every week, I will talk to one researcher about one project who will have a chat about what they found and what it means for our lives. What's the best way to help low-income families? Back in the early 1990s, in his book, Assets and the Poor, Professor Michael Sheradden proposed a welfare policy tool called Individual Development Accounts, or IDAs. IDAs are special savings accounts that promote and encourage saving for long-term goals. Research has shown that in addition to building assets, IDAs can help promote the social and psychological development of low-income children. Dan Ariely talks with Michael Sheradden about how IDA programs work and the impact they can have on poor people in our country. So I'm sitting together with Michael Sheradden. And Michael, what, what do you do? I'm a professor at Washington University in St. Louis. In uh, what field? Social work. You're a social? You don't look like a social worker. I, I am a social worker to the bottom of my heart. Very good. And you're interested in financial savings and financial well-being? We're interested in access to the financial system for low-income people, and we're interested in asset building because we think it plays a major role in people's development. So asset building, you mean what? I mean that uh, that low-income people also need to accumulate assets if they want to make investments in education or or uh, moving to a better neighborhood, or maybe buying a house, that the, over the long term, uh, some asset accumulation investments necessary for people to develop. And, and the reason is that people need money for that, or that it gives them some other benefits? So, of course, if I build assets, I have now money to spend on other things, but you think it's not just that. Uh, you're right. I think we, we have actually a growing body of evidence that there are benefits to, to some asset building that go beyond just financial benefits, it's really, it's really, at the end of the day, not about the money. So, so if I accumulate money, just the thought that I've accumulated money somehow changes how I deal with other aspects of life. That's right. We have evidence that it uh, not only changes how some people may think, but uh, also there are behavioral outcomes that uh, appear to be real. Okay, and you've done this uh, really interesting experiment in Oklahoma. What was the, how did the experiment, what was the setup? The setup was to test a policy idea of giving uh, a universal uh, college savings account to a full population. And that would be progressively funded with some matching savings for people at the bottom, with, and everyone would get an initial deposit. And this is for people at what age? Uh, starting at birth. So at birth, you give people a college saving account. That's right. We, we, we did an experiment, so we randomly assigned 1,300 babies to uh, the treatment and 1,300 babies to the control. So wait, wait. So 1,300 babies, the moment they were born, somebody opened a saving account for them for college? Well, not quite the moment. They had a little process, but okay. within the first few months. You wait for them to have a name and a social That's security right. number. Yeah. And then you – and how much money do you put in that? $1,000. $1,000. So um, – and then they go to Harvard. Well, <laughs> okay. And then what happened? What happened? Uh, what's happened is that. Uh, so first of all, when was this? When did you put the money in? Uh, about six years ago. Okay, so these kids are basically about to start elementary They're school. They're about to start elementary school now. So we That's don't know right. anything about college attendance yet. No, hopefully someone will uh, be tracking that. Okay, but for now they're at age six, and what do we know about these? The kids who got the thousand dollars <coughs> in college savings, and ones that didn't. 
Uh, we know that people have kept the accounts. So one, one big lesson from a policy perspective is that we were able to demonstrate a universal uh, policy application. Only one family out of 1,300 uh, turned down the account. So the reason was a religious belief, a Muslim family who believed that it wasn't consistent with Sharia law. But the other, all the others except one kept the account. So we demonstrated we were able to cover a full population. Yeah, but that's not really surprising, right? You give people money, they keep it outside of some strange things. No, it actually is very surprising that, that being able to demonstrate a universal policy is, is quite uncommon. Okay. So, so we were able to do that, and, um, but then we also then... When the kids were age four, we surveyed them again and uh, surveyed their mothers, and uh, we found some very interesting results. For example? Uh, at age four, uh, we have uh, an article coming out uh, in, the, in the near future that documents that the kids in the treatment group, by report of their mothers, have a higher social-emotional development than kids in the control group. Sorry, so at age four... The mothers say that these kids have higher social development skills? Well, actually, you know, it's social science research, so we, we were, give them a, a, an established uh, index for measuring social-emotional development of their kids, like does your kid do this, how does your kid solve this kind of problem, and the and mothers rated their kids higher in the treatment group. So, so one interpretation could be that mothers who had their kids had open college savings account lie more than the other mothers. Definitely, that's one, possi- <laughs> that's one possible interpretation, but it's a, it's a fully randomized study, so uh, we, 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 the randomization suggests that the cause uh, was probably the intervention. So, so t- how can that be? How can it be that kids that have a college savings account at age four somehow, let, let's assume it's not the lying, but it's the real behavioral changes, how can it be that these kids actually have better outcomes? Well, we, we don't know the answer to that fully, but we have another piece of this puzzle because we also know that uh, we don't have this article accepted for publication yet, but it will be sent out next week. Uh, we also know that the mothers in the treatment group were more likely to, to maintain or increase their expectations for college education for their child. So, so what you're basically saying is that when mothers have these college savings accounts, they start treating their kids differently. They expect more for them. Maybe they spend more time with them. Maybe they do all kinds of other things. And it's those things. It's kind of this, okay, I have the college idea expectation. Now I change lots of things in the daily life. And then those things actually translate into better kids. Well, that's our theoretical perspective. We only, at this point, have little pieces of that picture verified empirically. But essentially, that's what we think. Okay, so that's uh, that's very uh, very promising. Um, are there more? Uh, are there other approaches for this? Are you trying to do this in other places, getting more kids college savings accounts? We are working in a number of states, and uh, there have been actually some. Um, there are twelve states that now match savings for low-income kids in college savings accounts, and we've worked in most of those states. Uh, we have we have some states that are beginning to consider whether to make a universal and uh, a progressive college savings plan for all the kids in the state. Now, do you think that the amount of money matters, or is just the idea, is there an account or not? Like, could we give really cheap accounts, and that would work just as well, or do they have to have real money in them? We, we don't know the answer to that question. Um, I think it has to be an amount of money that people believe is, is worth something. Um, so it stays in their mind, and they think about it, and yeah. it's part of their consideration. Right. So, but I think that... Uh, we know from working with low-income people who've never really had uh, much savings or asset accumulation that having even a few hundred dollars uh, 
is a meaningful amount of money. Now, could we do the same thing by just giving people a college certificate with the name of their kid and just say this to be filled out later just to get them to think about college or does it have to have money? I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Uh, okay. There may be, there may be uh, different ways that you could achieve the same goal, but I think my, my perspective would be anything you can do that to, to help parents believe that their child will go to college or has a better chance to go to college or other people thinks the child should go to college will, is likely to have a positive effect. Okay. Um, and how old are your kids? Oh, my kids are 34 and 30. Okay. And grandchildren? No grandchildren yet. Okay, so when you have grandchildren, uh, what, what are you going to do for them, given well, this resu- these, these results? Actually, I was, I was uh, doing college savings for my kids very early in life, and, I, and they, they knew that. And, uh, of course, they, they're privileged children, so they, they were thinking about college for many reasons. But I do think, I do think that uh, the idea that we invest in very young people and they know that I think for both parents and children, when children are old enough to, to recognize it, if, if they believe that someone thinks they should go to college, it will affect their uh, future educational performance. And do you think we could do things that are even more specific, like you, we can have a, a college saving account for medical school, like we, we give the kids really specific things of what you want your kids to do? I think we could do that, but it's beginning to sound a little bit Soviet. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Very good. Michael, thanks a lot. This has been Arming the Donkeys, a weekly podcast with Dan Ariely of Duke University. To further expand your understanding of dishonesty, irrationality, and other human quirks, go to danarielli.com.